you it's good to see you it's good to see you come on turn find somebody find somebody don't have your last name <laughs> somebody you to ride ride to church with tell them it's good to see you it's good to see you it's good to see you amen we've got a long distance member that's here with us she joined our, our fellowship about a year or so ago, started walking, growing with God. God moved her on to her next assignment. Miss Tracy is here with us this morning. She relocated to, to New York. And back in the ATL, we're glad to see you, ma'am. Glad to have you. And our friend, our brother and our sister, uh, Cedric and Priscilla Hiles, would y'all give them a hand as well, our friends? Well, a whole bunch of us ain't here. Yeah, but I tell you, when, when your man get back, you're going to have you a new man. My grandmom from the country, you know, she said, I clap for God. <laughs> that means I declare before the Lord. Grandmama said, no, I clap for God. When your man get back, he's going to be different. Would you put the picture up, please? Would you display the picture? Uh, this is us. A whole bunch of us. A whole bunch of us uh, at the Band of Brothers. Uh, they do not, they don't finish. Uh, it's not over today until 12, and they got to tear all that stuff down. I tell you, God met us in a very, very, very special way. Very special way. Man, that was that was a breakthrough, and you know it's God when there's no um, that there's no manipulation with music. You know we got the baddest band in the land. If you visiting with us, I don't care about your band. <laughs> uh, but sometimes people can lean on music to be the manipulating factor in sounds and this, that, and the other. I tell you to hear men cry. To hear men cry out before God, to hear men experience breakthrough, and ain't no music playing. To feel God literally step into the room. Man, I clap for God. <laughs> so it might look like a Mother's Day, but that's all right. That's all right. Some of the men are just having a little surgery. They're just having a little, a little surgery. Amen. It's, it's, um, it's exciting to see uh, what is going to come next and uh, what God is doing. All right, so we're talking today. Um, I've been in the series. Today we'll make uh, the fourth installment, and it's called As the World Turns. It's called As the World Turns. And the whole point and premise is about creating the world that we live in with our words. Yeah, and so um, the principle of faith that is there is that what comes out of my mouth, what it is that I say out of my mouth, that it creates a world for me to experience. Uh, Monique, would you join me on stage? And a gentleman is going to help you up here. I just want y'all to hear um, what has happened. You know, sometimes you think uh, that there can be uh, too much of a chiasm, uh, too much of a gap between the pulpit and the pew and sometimes you you might look and hear uh, myself or pastor lisa or another man or woman of god say something and you might think to yourself I, that's them it's not me i can't do that 
um, I, I want you to hear, I want you to hear uh, what just raw faith uh, will, will cause you to do. And when, when you get, uh, y'all stop my clock. What you doing? What you doing? I want my, reclaiming my time. <laughs> reclaiming my time. I feel a Maxine water spirit reclaiming my time. I ain't preaching yet. What y'all doing? What y'all doing? Now, y'all didn't do nothing wrong. Y'all didn't do anything wrong. Everything's good. Uh, so I just want you to hear just two or three minutes of, of what she caught, what she grabbed, laid hold to, and what she started doing uh, in her house. Y'all give, give her a warm hand, Miss um, Monique Allen. Thank you, Pastor. Um, so, as Pastor's saying, he's been talking about our words shaping our world. And I'm listening, I'm listening. I've been through so much in the last couple of months. Last Saturday, last Saturday, I went into prayer and I was praying for a while. I think it was over an hour. That's just me. When I go in, I go in. And God began to say things to me. But before even Saturday, God was ministering to me. And he said, I gave you the power. The power is in you. So speak. Your words shape your world. So I kept listening to what Pastor was saying. And then I started doing what he was saying. So then I started to change the things that I was saying. So then I started posting scriptures. I started taping them to the wall in the house, in my bedroom, all around the room. And I opened word and I started speaking it. Then I started praying. Then pastor does this thing where he says, I command. So I started commanding things. And when I started commanding, then things started to change, even to the point that I could physically see results. So when he says our words shape our world, if you apply the words that you're saying, you will see your world begin to change. And I can tell you only because this is what I did and this is what God showed me. So this is what I'm doing and I'm seeing results because I'm using my words to shape my world. So you do yourself the same. Speak. Speak what you want it to look like. Your words are shaping your world. I pray that the atmosphere is conducive even in the house, but even in my own house, that it's conducive for miracle signs and wonders to take place. And I have seen that. When I go into prayer, every time I'm praying, based on the level of my praise and the level of my expectation, he said he will meet me there. He's been meeting me there every day. Every time I go into prayer, I get a word from God. Every time I go into prayer, I'm getting a word. It don't matter whether it's for me, for you, or for the house, I'm getting a word because I am shaping my world by the words that I am saying. So I'm telling you the same thing. Your words shape your world. Speak it and watch God move. Watch God speak. Listen because he's speaking to you. This is the time that we can speak the things that we want from God. As long as it's lining up with the word of God, you will begin to see God and see these things manifest in the natural realm. Come here, girl. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> As old sayings there, a hungry dog won't get fed. A close, excuse me, a, a close mouth will not get fed. Mm. A close mouth will keep your world looking the same. 
Amen. You know, you know what? You know what? Uh, so, so, Sometimes the worst folk, uh, some of the worst church members are the ones who've been in church too long. Sometimes you just got to get gangster with your faith. <laughs> like, I don't need no directions. I don't need no book. I'm, I know I'm about to misquote this scripture, but somewhere in there I heard him say, <laughs> can we celebrate what God is doing in her life? And what he's done for others, he can do the same thing for you. All right, so let's let's jump in. I, I guess you can start the clock now. <laughs> I shared my preaching time with Monique, and so I'm. When she's still like this, she's like, I don't. Oh, wait, 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 come back here, come back here. Uh, okay, all right, I'm at right, I'm at right. Let me tell you, thank you. Today is going to separate uh, the men from the boys. It's going to uh, separate the adults uh, from the children. Um, but I'm confident in today that we have built and grown and established a culture, a church, a people uh, that, that don't just respond to the emotion of the moment or to selfishness or to greed or to potential to just change and to just affect themselves. But that we get happy, that we get excited uh, when it is that we see a principle in scripture uh, because it literally becomes a, a brick in the pavement for us to stand on. And so today there, there is no there is no running exposition or building uh, any kind of subject theology. Um, we did the 10 things that our words can do. I, I, I shared that. I feel like I kind of cheated y'all a little bit on that last one. I probably should have uh, divided it in half. And so we're going to go back and, and grab just one of those scriptures and, and see what the Holy Spirit does and see, see what else gets formed. Now, to, to demonstrate the power of words... I thought that we would do two things. I thought that I would let you hear what is literally happening in this house. There's a long time ago we used to have this phrase that's saying that as it is in the house, be it so in my house. We've seen that. We've, we've, we've heard that. We appreciate uh, what Monique uh, just said. But I, I want to step back and I, I want to kind of give you a different vantage point. Would you please reset the lights um, back to where we can clearly see uh, this video? This is a two-minute, 47-second video uh, that shows and that talks about the power of words. It's nothing fancy. It's, it's a woman sitting in front of a little computer screen. Uh, don't worry about what it doesn't look like. Uh, but I want, you, I want you to pay attention to the experiment that she conducts that has everything to do with the power of words. Please. About a month ago, I heard of something called the Rice Experiment. And this experiment is to show how words are very powerful. 
At first, when I thought about doing this experiment, I was a little skeptical. But over time, I realized that this experiment is incredible and it needs to be shared out. To do the rice experiment, you need to cook up either white or brown rice and put the same amount in each container. On each container, write either death or life and place in the refrigerator. Each day, remember to take out the containers and speak to them. As silly as it feels, that's what is going to get the results. I hate you. You are disgusting. No one likes you. You're nasty. You'll never be anything. No one will ever love you. You will be something one day. There's so much potential in you. Everyone loves you. One day you will be something big. Here is our death container. And look at what we have here. And this has been about 30 days, about 30 days. We have mold spores all throughout this container. It has never been opened. And it was in my refrigerator in the same spot, only about six, seven inches from the other one. So mold spores everywhere. I don't even want to open this. So there's our death container. And then we have the life container. Take a look at this. I mean, can you believe that? I honestly, it like gives me the chills. There, there's no way that this would look like this. I don't even, okay, there's a tiny mold spore right here, a tiny little mold spore. Other than that, it's, it's perfect. It's, it's just shocking. It's shocking. I mean, there's no explanation. These were in this, made the same way, have never been opened, were op talked to the same amount of time each time, and look at the difference. Death, life. I hope you see the power of words. This isn't some random experiment that, that, I, that I found and pulled that had only been done by one person. She actually goes on to um, further, further inculcate and to press in the power of words. And she goes and she pulls the scripture up in Proverbs chapter 18 and she jumps over to James chapter 3. There's nothing in me that would believe that she has manipulated any kind of video. There are other people that have conducted the Rice experiment and experiment about words. My purpose for even saying this and quantifying or qualifying rather is because people can be very skeptical when it comes down to the power of the word of God. It's amazing that we will believe a politician. And politicians oftentimes or at large have a poor reputation for being believable. They were run on one platform. 
And once they are elected, having committed to fulfilling X, Y, and Z, they'll change their mind. But yet we will put them back in office. But when it comes down to the word of God and the power that's found in the word of God, we have tendency to step back and to side-eye the word and the power that's found in the word. Open your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 1, and I'm in verse number 4. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse number 4. Don't expect a whole bunch to pop up on the screen. I'm tired. Uh, these, these past few days have been exhausting, interrupted sleep, early mornings, late nights, lots of to-dos, and that was before I got to the Band of Brothers. <laughs> I'm asking you to excuse me this morning and, and to grow up a bit and to take interest and concern in your own spiritual growth and if this means anything to you that that you would make the notes appropriate for your own review. Jeremiah chapter 1, uh, verse 4. I'm going to read several verses, probably stopping at the end of verse 11. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I... Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak. This is Jeremiah now responding back to God. God has told him, I knew you before you were formed. I sanctified you. I ordained you. God says, I, I ordained you a prophet to the nations. You're not a prophet to a region. You're a prophet to the nations. Let that resonate with you. Could you be looking at Jeremiah chapter 1 through 21st century eyes? We understand Asia, Africa, North America, North Pole, South Pole, South America, Central, Central America. We understand all these things, but at the time of this writing, Christopher Columbus had not discovered the United States. How are you going to discover something somebody already there? But the prophetic word, what God was saying is that even though all these other nations had not been discovered, Jeremiah, what I am going to put in your mouth, you are going to be a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah, thousands of years after you say a thing, people are going to read a thing and say amen. Jeremiah, what you are going to say it's not just for one nation. But what you're going to say is going to be appropriate on August the 4th, 2019 to a group of believers that are gathered at 4845 South Old Peachtree, Norcross 371. Jeremiah, I, I want you to know that I am ordaining the words that come out your mouth and the words that are coming out of your mouth were ordained, you were sanctified, and I appointed you before the world was ever made. Jeremiah, after hearing the word of the Lord, he said, ah, in verse 6, 
Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, what are what those next words say? You shall speak. Verse 8, do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you. That word deliver literally means to protect you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand, and he touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I've put words in your mouth. Monique, I have put words in your mouth. Monique, I want you to walk around your house and I just want you to start putting stuff up and, and decreeing and declaring and commanding because I put the words in your mouth. I created the environment that you're living in so I could grow you up so you could change what you've been getting. I put, I put my hand on your mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my, my words in your mouth. Verse 10, See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms. Jeremiah, what's in your mouth does not only affect you, but it affects nations and kingdoms. It's the scripture that we got to on last week, verse 10. He says, See, I've set you over nations and kingdoms. He says, Jeremiah, what's going to come out your mouth is going to root out, it's going to pull down, it's going to destroy, it's going to throw down, it's going to build, and then you're going to be able to plant. How is the tearing down, the rooting up, the throwing down, the building, the planting, how is it going to happen? It's going to happen when he opens his mouth from the place of authority that he has been put and says something. And I told y'all I'm tired now. Y'all gonna let me hit fast forward, give y'all these three points, and go take a nap before team us. I know, don't don't y'all play with me today. Don't 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 y'all y'all better get on this train, the train about to lead a depot. That word root down, it means to, to dig up, to expose. God is waiting to use your mouth to expose some stuff. Um, he, he, he says that the only way that you're going to be able to expose stuff, tear down stuff that shouldn't be torn, destroy stuff, throw stuff down, build and plant, is when you open your mouth. Your world is going to turn when you open your mouth. few points I just want to highlight in this text that the impetus to speak comes from you being in the right place. It's not going to flash on the screen. Right away you understand it. The impetus to speak, it comes from you being in the right place. This scripture says that Jeremiah was going to be able to speak in verse 10 and have power and have it manifest because God had ordained him watch this, here come the place and set him as a prophet to the nations say you got to be in the right place he, he, he said that, that Jeremiah your words are going to affect 
nations and kingdoms. Um, now, a nation and a kingdom is built up, one thing is built up and made up of an economy. Jeremiah, what's going to come out your mouth is going to affect the economy. Y'all don't, don't, don't understand what I'm saying. A, a nation, a kingdom, it's, it's made up of, of government, rules and laws. And so, so Jeremiah, what comes out of your mouth is going to affect the rules and the laws of the land. It's, what comes out your mouth is going to shape City Hall. Okay, so it affects economy, it, 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 affects, it affects government, but, 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 but nations and kingdoms are made up of culture. Yeah, Y'all heard the phrase pop culture? So like Cardi B is a part of pop culture. Jeremiah, what comes out of your mouth is going to affect the culture. Jeremiah, what you say is going to shake. Forget who the next one is that's supposed to be the number one spot in music. Jeremiah, what you say is going to shape it. Uh, Pastor Lisi, I heard her mention how she was grieving this morning because Christians seem to be asleep at the steering wheel. That all this stuff just seeming, uh, seemingly is happening. It's as though we're waiting for the next mass killing to happen, the next suicide. And when it happens, all we do is comment on the racism and Trump didn't do this. Did you vote? That's the question. Are you using your mouth to shape the culture? You don't like what minimum wage is? You don't like where the job? Are you shaping the economy? But I want to tell you that you can only, at the end of verse 10, you can only destroy and root out and pull down and throw down and build and plant over that which you have authority. Did y'all hear what I said? Um, when I was small, um, uh, my mom used to tell me about the lady who lived across the street, Miss um, Hattie Mae, that 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 she she would she would spank them and then send them home, and then grandmom and granddad would spank them again. You know, I grew up in that era where, where it's like everybody just took out. You didn't have to be related, you, you know. But you, by the time you didn't got home, you got four or five whoopings. You know what I'm talking about? Because like, it's like it really was a village raising a kid. Uh, culture. The culture then uh, was that, was that you doing something wrong. Ain't nobody going to molest you or hurt you. Um, but that's just what you did. You disciplined uh, the kids in the community. Well, last, last week, I think it was, uh, the kids went to, to Six Flags. And I said, I said, Percival, he's not in here. I said, Percival, if Quad do something, if he get out of line, just slap him. Just slap him. I said, oh, no, 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 uh-uh, uh-uh. No, no, don't you hit him. Don't hit him. I said, but just tell me and I'll hit him. You see, the culture has changed. Back when my mama was growing up, all the neighborhood mamas had the authority to beat the kids. Because by the time my mama got home, 
grandmom and granddaddy already knew what she had done. But I took the authority back from Percival, even though I know he loves my son, he loves the kids. But no, I got that one, partner. Don't, 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 don't do that. If you're here now, I'm telling you, though, you know, just, just Percy, I love you. I, you know, me, you cool. Don't hit him. Let me know. Because I'm taking the authority back from him being able to discipline my child. Y'all not getting this? You can only exert your authority over what you have authority over. You can only speak blessing over that which you have authority over. Well, this could be a whole nother uh, 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 vein of theology because as believers, you don't hear this from the pulpit. You, you, you don't hear what you can take authority over and what you can You don't understand that the spirit realm is built on legalities. You don't understand that kind of stuff, which is why when you get ready to go start fighting some battles, you end up getting your butt kicked because you don't understand your authority. Okay, all right. So, 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 so he's able, I'm going to come back to that in a minute. He's able to speak because he's in the right place. God has placed him over nations and over kingdoms because words that are spoken from the wrong place are fruitless I don't care how much you want your neighbor blessed if your neighbor is used to living underneath their privileges your neighbor will have your blessing bounce off their roof I don't claim to be everybody's pastor in here. I don't care if you do come every Sunday. Some of your names are still on the road back home. You've been here for four years. you still a guest. You're about, you're about 118th first-time guest. I can't pastor. I, I can't take authority over. I can't pray over. I can't intercede for folk I don't have authority over. It used to be that when you leave one church, you immediately find another church. But now, I don't need no pastor. What, 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 what do I need a pastor for? I'm a grown man. I can do whatever I want to do. Come on, think with your carnal ear. Think with your carnal ear. Just, just for a minute. Can I tell you that pastor might be out of style for you, but God ain't changed his mind. And I'm not trying to steal nobody's members because them the ones that's going to give you the most hell by the time they get here. It's like when by the time you get them, they go crazy. Mm -mm. Bible says the sheep hear my voice and know my voice. Can't speak over what I don't have authority to speak over. I wish I could stay here, but I got to finish. I also want to tell you that your limits don't matter. Jeremiah says, I'm a youth. Your limits don't matter. God said, I put you in place. I touched your mouth. 
I gave you the power to speak, to pull down, to root up, to expose, to plant, and to build. I don't care. Don't come talk to me about how old you are. I like this one. I got to give you all this one. I got to give you all this one. Look at what it says in verse 8. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 8. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 8. It says, do not be afraid of their faces. For I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Can, can we just read this one together? All right, ready, set, read. Do not be afraid of their faces. For I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. One, one more time, one, one more time. Ready, read. Do not be afraid of their faces. For I am with you to deliver you. One time for the Father, one time for the Son. Come on, one more time for the Holy Ghost. Ready? Read. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you. What are you looking at that has intimidated you to the point that you shut up? Y'all don't want to be real with me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, y'all don't want to be real with me. Y'all don't want to play fair. Because when, 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 you get, when you get close to the beginning of the month, and it's time to pay the mortgage, it's time to pay the rent, it's time to pay the car note, but you, 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 you ate out one too many times the month before. And so now you're in a new month. And who can I borrow this from? Uh, who who have, I borrow, have I not borrowed money from? And didn't pay them back. See now your bad character done kicked in. You walk around with new Gucci. And ain't paid folk back. And, and you know you can't ask them again. And, and so you're looking at that, at that payment. And that stack of bills. And it's intimidating. And so then you start trying to figure out. How you can cheat. How you can steal. Then you take the tithe from the Lord. You sure ain't going to get no offering. Maybe I go get me an EBT card. But verse 8 says, do not be afraid of their faces. I ought to be able to look at some stuff. I don't care what the doctor says. I'm healed. God does not put sickness on his children. I'm healed. I don't care that it's cancerous. I don't care that I got, I got a 4% chance to make it. I'm healed. I, 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 I don't care because the Bible says don't be afraid of their faces. Because he says, for I am with you to deliver you. Remember, to protect you. That means that no matter what I get in and I'm looking at I got some backup. Yeah. All right, everybody, just turn around. Look, look outside. Look outside. There's, 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 there's Mike and there's Gary. Okay, so everybody can see them. Y'all trust me that they, they over, they over there. Mike and then there's, there's Gary. Okay, so I can talk as much junk as I want to. I can't fight. I know I can't fight. I, I, but, but if I pick a fight, they know I can't fight. But you didn't know that they were back there. 
So I start talking junk. What you looking at, player? Your mama's so fat, she stepped on the scale and it said, to be continued. What? What? You know, you can't talk about no black person's mama. You know, them fighting words. In fact, talk about everything, but don't you talk about my mama. And just as soon as I push your butt, and I know I can't fight. Because I know Gary and Mike, see, they weren't there when y'all walked in. But since I've been preaching, they were at Band of Brothers, they came and they walked in and, and I saw them. Y'all don't know Mike's history, do you? Yeah, and Mike and Gary, good friends. And, and Gary grew up in the cab and Decatur where it's greater. They know how to fight. So no matter what I say, y'all didn't see them, but I got some backup. I got some protection. So I don't have to be afraid of your face. Y'all do see I'm talking to an empty seat. So what you afraid of? Y'all need to hear that. Come on, Cletus. Come on, you think you're back? Cletus, get up. Come over here, Cletus. You ain't got to be afraid of nobody's face. Because the word of God says, don't be afraid of nobody's face. Because I'm with you. And I will protect you. Mm, I got to cut across the field. I got to cut across the field. There, there, there are three types of authority. There are three types of, of authority. Mm, and go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to look at the New King James Version. And then they're going to, they're going to, I'm going to go to the Message Version. And then we're going to get to the J3V Version in a second. So they're going to have the King James, New King James up first. Then we're going to switch it in the Message Version. And then you're going to get my version. All right. So in Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 18, it says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. This is Paul's prayer over the church at Ephesus. Uh, he, he's praying that, that they become enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Paul is praying, I want you to get it. I want you to understand what God has for you. He says, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Message version. I know that's a little, bit, a little cumbersome. Uh, message version in verse number 18. It says, your eyes, I'm praying that your eyes are focused and clear so that you can see exactly what he is calling you to do. I want to tell you that God is calling some of you to stand in your authority, to open your mouth, to speak over some things. He says, grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for his followers. Oh, that's beautiful. God is saying that once you, Paul is saying that once you start to realize your positional authority, that life looks differently. Okay, so this is what J3V version uh, says, and, 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 I, and I, I had several verses. I put it in my own J3V, the Jasper Third version, the J3V version. Verse number 18, this, 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 how, this how I read. I hope y'all get it. <laughs> Paul was from the South. I hope y'all get it. 
I hope y'all see the power that you have. I hope you see what you've been given. You are his heirs. He wrote you in the will. Verse 19. Let me tell you something. When Jesus arose from the grave and sat down next his father in the heavenly places, all of the power, power and the great power was made available to work for us. Then the J3V version verse 20 says, uh, you don't even realize that you're so much higher than any supernatural ruler, anybody in charge in the realm that you cannot see, and higher than the strongest thing in the unseen realm. You don't even realize it. Verse 21, and guys, you are in a place that has this kind of power and authority, not only in this period of time, but in any period of time that will ever come, including eternity. And here you are sitting here, taking life the way it comes, and God says, you don't even know what you got. You are heir. I want your name in the will. And when Jesus got up, I dispensed what was in the inheritance. And the power I gave you, it's not going to run out. You will always be seated with Christ in the heavenly place. I wish I had more time, but you've got, you've got the positional authority, you've got the imparted authority, and then you've got the earned authority. Okay, so imparted authority is when somebody imparts something. They give you something. They, 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 they say, okay, you take this. When anybody signs up uh, with, with police department um, or any other governmental county, county they, they, they get a badge. Mm -hmm. and, and that badge is what gives them the authority to turn on those blue lights and write you a ticket. It's, it's, it's imparted authority. So you've, you've got positional authority. That's Ephesians chapter 1, 18 through 21. You've got the imparted authority when someone gives you something. And again, these could all be different teachers. But then there's also the earned authority. Okay? All right. So some of us will start to decree, declare, command... And nothing will happen immediately. Can I tell you, your position in the heavenly realm has not changed. But you don't, you don't have enough earned authority yet to see what you're trying to see. Uh, had you ever commanded anything in your house to happen before this past week. Okay, all right. But, but some start happening. You, you start literally seeing after you wrote stuff, did whatever Holy Spirit led you to do, putting notes and post-it notes and stickers and, and, and praying and this, that, and that. After you did all that, some stuff start happening, right? Okay, so she had never done it before seven days ago. She started seeing some of the fruit of what she had been saying. Have you seen everything happen? She hadn't seen everything happen. But are you encouraged that something has happened? When you don't see it all, don't shut up. Because
because you got to earn the authority. You, 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 you got to let some, some stuff got to, got to show up and see what happened is she is now more encouraged today that some stuff has happened than she was last week which makes her want to keep talking. Here comes the question. Put, put, put this next question up on the screen. This, this next question. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Are you ready to use your mouth to speak into your reality what's on God's heart that's available to you. You got to make that personal. Am I ready to use my mouth to speak into reality what's on God's heart that is available to me? I used to struggle and think that it was, it was a, it was a text taken out of context that God will give you the desires of your heart. There was a part of me, before I start growing in faith and start realizing I'm one of God's favorite children, there was a part of me that would say, um, a bit more exegesis has to be done on that text. A bit more study. That God will give me the desires of my heart. God, I, I, I got some expensive desires. And, and I don't always have the income to meet my desires. But your word says that you'll give me the desires of my heart. And then it hit me one day. Who you think made your heart? Want what it won't. I, I said, God, you'll give me the desires of my heart. Pastor, you don't know some of the stuff I want. You, you don't know some of the stuff I'm re- I want to say. But I don't know. I don't know if God can do who you think gave you the want for what you want to say? I can't talk about how the kingdom is connected to what you want. Because some of us want some stuff just for us. When you think about nobody, so I, I want a new car. I, I, I want that new Range Rover. That's what somebody's thinking. That's what somebody's thinking. I I want that new Range Rover. But you ain't going to let nobody ride in it. You ain't showed up. Here come my grandmom again. And now evangelistic outreach. You hadn't used your gas money to help nobody else. But I want, I want a Range Rover. You, you open the door with a sock. Because can't get no, can't get no fingerprints on it. Y'all ain't got to say nothing. I know I'm teaching. But when you position yourself, God, this is what I want. And whatever, whatever you want, because it ain't mine. 
God, I'm, you're just letting me borrow your stuff. God, I'm just a steward over this. And so God, what, whatever you want me to do, what, what you give me, done. Why wouldn't you ask? Have you ever thought that God wants to show somebody else he's still in the blessing business? And so when he blesses, as long as you're willing to say where it came from, I ain't have to sell no dope. I ain't sleep with nobody. I ain't stole nothing. I ain't cheated. God did it. Have you ever thought that God just want to show off and use you as the canvas to do it? But oh no, when it's time to give, give away, has God been good to anybody? No, no, this you, you. God give anybody anything to desire your heart? Mm. And you want to know why he won't do more? Because you, here got my girl again, done forgot who gave it to you. I wish I had a witness. Believe that if you remember who gave it to you, won't nobody have to ask you to testify. You walk in and say, God did it. <laughs> how did that? God did it. <laughs> you want to you know how did that? God did it. Because when you, uh, when you let God get the glory, I'm going to stop. I'm going I'm, to I'm, I'm stop. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop here uh, because, because the next time I got to show you where you are so you can get to where you're going. I, I, I want to show you what's available to you. So you can grow up to get it. Uh, can, can you please just put the picture up of Quad? Uh, Quad, and, and he's holding his driver's license. Well, that's my boy. That's, that's, that's my main man. This all, I posted this on my Instagram page on May 1st, and at the bottom it says he's legal. We were at the... We were at the um, um, what's the thing called a DM? And he had just gotten his learner's permit. But a boy got so much favor and grace on him. He hadn't studied nothing. He 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 was like, I'm gonna get it, Dad. I'm gonna get it. I think I, I'm Dad. I'm gonna I'm gonna get it. Mm. He gets about the room and he walks out and he looks at me and he kind of keeps walking. And he starts walking over where the lady said, if you pass, you walk this way. And he looks at me, and I'm like, did you pass? And he looks away. I'm like, did you fail? <laughs> I said, quiet. He looked back at me. He smiled. He did like his mama always smiled. He smiled, gave him little tight eyes, and he kept walking. And I noticed he was walking to the counter that the lady said, you go to take your picture if you pass. So as he gets to the counter, I'm like, he passed. 
He prays. My son prays. I said, I said, how many did you miss? He said, Dad, I had one more I could have missed. Before I was going to have to take the test again. But he legal. I picked him up from school to go get his driver's license, right? Because I know you got to be a year away from getting your, 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 your real permit. In other words, um, if he, he, turned, he turned 15 April 2nd. Um, and so if he waited until October to go and take the test, he's going to have to wait until October of 2020. I'm, a, I, this school, I, I'm not excited about getting up tomorrow morning. At, at six anything. <laughs> this boy need to just, he need to figure out how to drive. So I'm going to make you go get your learner's license. Your mama can take you, but I ain't taking you. <laughs> Picking up from school and we walk into the car and he's walking to the passenger's side. I said, where you going? He said, we're going to go back to school, right? I said, but you're going to take us. His eyes suddenly weren't so tight. His eyes blocked. He says, I'm locked. I said, you're driving to school. He gets in the car. He puts a seatbelt on. And then he just starts pushing buttons. Adjusting the mirror and getting the seat right like an old lady. The seat was all the way forward at the top, and he's sitting up at the steering wheel like this. I said, buddy, you gotta push it back a little bit. I said, you gotta sit and push, push it down. Okay, Dad, we sat about 10 minutes just when I'm trying to trying to get the settings right. I said, okay. He said, he says, he says, go now. We in the parking lot, right? At the DMV. It's in the middle of the day. It's, it's 1 o'clock. Ain't nobody there. 1, 1, 1 He said, go now? I said, yeah. He puts the car in reverse. He says, what do I do now? I said, you're going to take your foot slowly off the brake. Don't push the gas. The car will automatically start to roll back just a little bit. All you need to do is keep your foot over the brake so if something comes, you can stop the car. Got it. He puts the car in reverse. I thought he was going to look at the left mirror, at the center mirror, and at the right mirror to make sure nothing was coming. Oh, no. He just takes his foot off the brake and the car starts going back. I got the backup camera on my car and I start seeing somebody behind the car. And the car starts beep, beep, beep. I said, stop the car. Boy, he jammed his foot on the brake. Boy, I threw up. I threw up out the car. I said, get out. Just get, just, just, 
I can't do this. Just, just, just get out the car. He says, but I can do it. I said, get out the car now. <laughs> he gets home late in the afternoon. He says, uh, his mother says, so? Uh, Dad says you were going to drive back to school. Did you drive? He goes, it didn't go too good. <laughs> she said, it didn't? He said, we didn't even get out the parking lot. <laughs> Quad has yet to get back behind anybody's steering wheel. Don't y'all own me. Don't y'all. The Bible said, don't be afraid of their faces. Don't y'all own me. I ain't scared. Look, I done told y'all once. See, Quad can't handle the car yet because he hadn't been trained. Uh, next, next couple of weeks, you know, we had a busy summer and just kind of kept putting it off. It wasn't working. He's going to take driver's lessons and practice on somebody else's car. His mother said, he ain't never driving mine. I think Jordan was 24 before she ever drove her car, and she ain't even 20 yet. She don't turn 20. That was perfect. Perfect. Starbucks for you. It was, it was this past summer. We were driving somewhere, and Jordan was with us, and we were on the highway. My wife says, I'm sleepy. I'm tired. Maybe Jordan can just keep it going straight. Quad hadn't been trained yet to handle a car. Now, if you want to train him on your car, we'll work something out. But as for me and my wife, But when we pay the money for somebody else to teach him how to drive, I just ain't got the, I, I don't have the patience. I'm, 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 I'm a recovering cusser. I'm sorry to all our first time guests. But uh, I'm a recovering cusser and I'm, I'm trying to keep it holy. And if he get behind the wheel in my car, I'm just afraid I'm a relapse. So I'm going to let him use somebody else's car because he ain't ready. Y'all don't see where I'm going, do you? You, you, you see, sometimes you've been saying what you want. You legal. You, you just like quad. You got a picture. I got the scripture. I'm legal. I'm standing on it. But then God says, no, I ain't ready for that one yet. You, you've been declaring I'm a millionaire, but you ain't tithing. Okay. All right. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm done. You got the scripture, but you ain't doing it. Call forth my man of God. My husband is on the way, but you still spreading the word.
don't like me now, do you? You know I'm telling the truth. Talking about I can run my own company, but ain't filed your taxes in five years. I'm done. Come on, stand up. Everybody on your feet. Y'all, 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 y'all. You got to be ready. Did y'all get this? I'm proud of you. I'm proud of y'all didn't check out on me. Y'all stay right there. And when you commit to growing in this thing, I don't know nobody more committed than her. She'll walk to church, she'll ride to church, she'll Uber to church, she'll, however she got to get here. If, if the car ain't, if, if, if Frederick got to go working in the car, however she has to get, and she gonna be on time. Well, God sees your faithfulness and that you're committed to a thing. Then God says, okay. I'm proud of you. You can have what you want. God gave you the desires of your heart. I know you got expensive tastes. But it's your words that will shape your world. But you got to grow. God's not going, he, he, he's a good father. The Bible says, if, if an earthly father, if his son asked for bread, would an earthly father give him a scorpion? The answer comes back, it's a rhetorical question, absolutely not. And then it goes on to say, well, why do you think your heavenly father would give you something or would not give you what you need? You legit, you legal. But he doesn't want to give you what's ultimately going to hurt you. So you, 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 you look into Memorial Day and Christmas God says no I want you to look beyond that the only thing that's going to get you to where you're going is when you grow up just ask somebody you ready to grow up you, you ready to grow up ask somebody you ready to grow up you ready to grow up heads bowed eyes are closed father I I thank you for what you've said. I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for the power that is in the word. I thank you where we are growing to. I thank you that you're using our current circumstances to grow us up. It's uncomfortable. We don't like it. But you are strategic with pain. You create just enough pressure to make us better. And we thank you, Father, that you love us with a love that is never ending. Heads are still bowed and eyes are closed. If you're in this place and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. In other words, there's, there's never been the 